Welcome, you're listening to the Mac Observer's Background Mode. I am your host, John Marchalero, and this week my guest is Kelly Guman. Kelly, welcome. Hi, John. It's so nice to be here again. This is your 13th appearance on Background Mode, and I'm so happy to have you on the show. We always (laughs) have so much fun. I keep it. You hold the record, along with Michael Gartenberg, for the most number of appearances. Okay, I just need to sit here and think for a minute that I now live in a world where I've been in the same sentence with Michael Gartenberg. <laughs> He's great, too. So for the listeners, in case you haven't heard before, Kelly Guman is our longtime podcaster at the Mac Observer, contributing editor for the Mac Observer, the host of the Mac Observer's Daily Observations podcast, and a tech support guru. This is her 13th appearance, as I mentioned. And Kelly and I are going to chat about our favorite and this and this week, not so favorite TV shows and <laughs> movies. So I want to start with a show that turned me on greatly. This is a Netflix show that aired, I think, July 2nd for 10 weeks called Warrior Nun. This show really lit me up. I've read some reviews of it where people were sort of not very enthusiastic about it. Kind of a, a mildly, poorly done ripoff of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I disagree. I think it stands on its own. <laughs> and you have watched it too, all 10 episodes. I right? have. I have. And I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't see the uh, low rent Buffy comparison, but I did see people who were less excited about it and people who pointed some things out were also things that maybe weren't my favorite, but things that I thought were forgivable because of the rest of it being fun. Um, and I think it, for me, it was a certain amount of, uh, we spent a bunch of time on something that we didn't really have to spend a bunch of time on or, um, that we could have done this more effectively in a different, like been more efficient about it so that I could have had all that information, but then, we could have moved on to something else that was more interesting. And some of the stuff it felt to me like got dropped in and was pretty interesting, but we didn't pursue. So um, when I went into this, the listeners a summary first. Okay. Yes. I'll read it from Wikipedia because I'm not so good at recounting the synopses like this. Warrior nun revolves around the story of a 19 year old woman who wakes up in a morgue with a new lease on life and a divine artifact embedded in her back. The backstory here is that she's in a Catholic orphanage, and when she turns 19, she's got to be expelled, but she's a quadriplegic, and the head nun doesn't know what to do with her. So she, you think, euthanizes her, and she ends up in the Catholic church in the morgue, waiting for her last rites and internment. And then there's a parallel with the warrior nuns of the church who are a sect who are guarding this hand-me-down halo for hundreds of years, which when embedded in you gives you powers. And this martial arts group of nuns is protecting the halo and also fighting demons. So Ava, the woman discovers that she's now part of the ancient order of the cruciform sword because of the halo fight chooses her instead of (laughs) what the nuns thought was going to be the next none in order to inherit this 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 uh mm-hmm. halo yeah so she gets it like it or not i think is yeah. the part that that uh makes that important she just wake because she just wakes up in the morgue 
and has right. no idea what just happened. And uh, she and like all she knows is that she fell asleep watching TV. That's the only part of of her life that she knows. So waking up someplace totally different, a little disorienting. Uh, she wakes up In and stands up. Firefight. Yeah, she wakes up and stands up, which is also disorienting. Uh, so there's there's all. And I liked the reveal of this. We're telling you the first 10 minutes of the show, so it's not like any of this is stuff that you don't find out till the end. Um, so it, I thought it was exciting, and I really enjoyed um, the way this reconciled the story it was telling with the modern world. Like, she has a cell phone. She's texting people. You know. Um, yeah, but what I wondered I, was, why are there demons in Spain, but we don't see them in the U.S.? Yeah. Also, it takes place in Spain. Um, well, we don't see them because we don't see them. That's probably yeah. that was my presumption. <laughs> um, and maybe so. The thing I will say about this show is that uh, there are ten episodes of season one. Yes. And and there's a season two confirmed. Yes. Uh, the the actual timeline for release or anything like that. Obviously, we have no idea. But um, that said, if I had gone into this and gotten to the end and not known there was a season two coming, I would have been furious. So, uh, so rest assured when you get to the end and you're like, that's it. That's not it. There's a whole nother season coming. We don't know what that entails, but we know another season's coming. Um, I did not enjoy it as much as John did, obviously, because John's answer to everything for like a week was Warrior Nun. Oh, I was telling um, the uh, TMO crew <laughs> during the morning meetings, you got to watch Warrior Nun. And what I'd do is I would say, I got to tell you how I was doing this. I would say, it's got Catholicism. It's got religion. It's got candles. It's got martial arts. It's got Spain. It's got the glorious countryside. It's got quantum physics. It's got everything <laughs> Checks all my boxes. You guys got to watch this. So I finally talked Kelly into it. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a hard sell. I've had a number of people go, wow, Warrior Nun was a good time. So it didn't take a lot of nudging from John. But um, they had really yeah, good I, cliffhangers at the end of each episode. I want to tell you. They did. I was sitting there going, oh, it's over already. I got to watch the mm -hmm. next one. And my wife would say, no, only one a night for me. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so the series is narrated by a Portuguese actress, Alba Baptista, in the role of Ava. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's uh, very cute. That was another part of the urgings to watch that, the team watch it. She's a great young actress. So after she, she kind of leaves the chaos of the church where the firefight occurs, she's starting to learn about her abilities and she ends up crashing through a department store wall and there she finds some good clothes to steal. And then she starts <laughs> wandering through the beaches and then she falls in with this, I don't know, gang of, what would you call them? House sitters? <laughs> Grifters, I Grifters, guess. Right, where they find an empty house where people are on vacation or out of the country for a while and they're yeah. moving. They, they hang out in people's vacation houses on the beach in Spain. Like, yeah. Yeah, and this young man, uh, JC, is, is, plays a strong role in sort of getting her stabilized and oriented and socialized mm -hmm. and back to living again. And so, of course, yeah. she's on the run and confused. Yeah. And there are people who are trying to recover her. The priest, who's the leader of the uh, warrior nuns, is trying to find her. Uh, his most reliable 
senior nun is called Shotgun Mary, who's delightful. Who I adore, <laughs> Me by too. the way. She's she's Me one too. of my favorite moments in in the series. And part of it is because uh, she ends up being a full character. Like, as we continue to talk to her, as things continue to happen, we find out more and more about her. And so, you know, she does some stuff in the beginning when you're like, what on earth? And then later you find out this thing about her that totally informs why that was the course of action, you know, two episodes ago or whatever. And so she uh, she was great. All the nuns that we got to spend some actual time with, I really enjoyed. Also, like you said, John, uh, this is Spain. And it's like this giant, old, very traditional Catholic church where some of it is set. And, and, the uh, is so and so like, the it's all very pretty. The cinematography That's, is amazing. The, the yes. Spanish coast, the Spanish mm-hmm. countryside, the mountains, the sky. There's some aerial mm-hmm. scenes of a, of a ferry and the waters in the Mediterranean. No expense seemed to be spared in the quality of the photography. Yeah. It Plus, was amazing. like they shot in coastal Spain, <laughs> which is really pretty. Uh, this giant old church that looks amazing. Uh, so like all of, you know, uh, the place where the nuns live, whatever that compound is called, um, Nunia was what I was referring to it as. Um, they're like, all of it is really interesting and very pretty. And all the times when they go into the city and stuff, like we see stuff that's really interesting and cool. And I really liked that they just sort of went with like, yes, these are nuns in an ancient order and the building they live in is built of stone and it's thousands of years old. And by the way, everyone who lives here has a cell phone. Right. And like, they don't, they don't dismiss the modern world in order to sort of anchor it in present day and everything. Uh, you know, and part of that is that they were still able to tell an interesting story because there used to be a joke about how, you know, if this person in that movie had had a cell phone, it'd have been like a five minute movie. Right. (laughs) So, so they like totally make that part of the, the, the storytelling and it's great for you. Martial arts, um, fans, the nuns study Aikido and mm-hmm. kendo, which is the art of sticks and swords, I think. Yes. And while I could detect that they were actresses who were well-trained in simulating kendo, uh, some of the action scenes were awfully good. Are we finding out you're a closet butt kicker, John? I studied kenpo um, for years So, yes, years, we are discovering years that, years. that, yes, that you're a butt kicker. I had no idea. Yeah, I think I studied it for about eight, eight <laughs> or nine years, got to a blue belt. I was doing it part-time. Some of the students yeah. in the school were students and could spend all day in the dojo, but uh, I had to sort mm-hmm. of parse, sort of timeshare with Lockheed Martin. So things went slowly. <laughs> That's why I only got to a blue belt in Kenpo. I think that might be your episode title, Timeshare with Lockheed Martin. Mm. That amuses so me greatly. Me. So the, the actress... <laughs> I don't know. I think this show amazing. just got a lot more interesting than Warrior Nun because I just found out that you took Kempo for nine years. Anyway, so I highly it's really good and you should watch you, it. You and it John looks up? forward to your letters. Do you give it a thumbs That's up? What we're a high recommendation. I do. I do too. Yes, I do. And and part of it is because it, part of it is situational. I don't live in Spain. I've never been there. So seeing it was interesting. Um, like I, 
you know, like I'm not a nun. That world was interesting. All of the sort of religious dogma stuff that they go through in the in the movie in the show uh, was stuff that I enjoyed hearing about. And they do just enough of it to explain, but not bore people with, which I also thought was very nice. Um, and so, yeah, I would give it a thumbs up. It was definitely uh, a way to sort of take myself out of 2020 for a little while. So I enjoyed it. Definitely thumbs up. All right. What's next on our list? Next on our list is, and I'm trying to figure out whether I want to wait to the break. Let's go ahead and take our commercial break now. Okay. Folks, you're listening to John Marcellaro and Kelly Gumana, the Mac Observer, talk about their favorite TV shows. We will be back in 60 seconds. Stay with us. Hello there, all you fabulous background mode listeners. I'm Charlotte Henry with the Mac Observer, and I just want to say a few words about how you can support all the things we do. If you're thinking about buying something from Apple, Amazon, or Macmore, simply go to the Mac Observer's homepage where we have a section called Support TMO. Or you can just enter www.macobserver.com forward slash Apple Store, all one word, and that will take you to our special page for Apple and all our other affiliate partners. If you make a purchase from one of our partners this way, the Mac Observer receives a small compensation for sending business their way. Pretty cool, right? And even better, you don't pay a penny more. This small fee from our affiliates helps us continue to bring you TMO's daily news, reviews, tips, how-tos, and podcasts just like this one. So, the next time you're thinking about an online purchase, please do come to TMO's homepage and support the Mac Observer. Thanks. Back to you, John. Charlotte does a great commercial for us. She um, does. Still standing mm-hmm. on Amazon. Johnny Harris is a comedian. Johnny Harris is the star of a series in Canada called Murdoch Mysteries, where he plays Constable George Crabtree. But about 2015, it's been on for 13 years. So I guess it started in 2007 or so. On the side, I guess on his summer vacation when the show is not in production, he decided to take on a project. And what he did was visit small towns in Canada that are struggling. He got to know the people, visited uh, what's going on with the town, the the, uh, things that were driving the economy, the people, how they were struggling. Typically, these towns were flourishing in the past because of logging, fishing, or oil. And for one reason or another, because of uh, Canada's emphasis on green environment and not overfishing the coastal waters and not chopping down every tree in Canada, a lot of these towns were suffering and trying to come up with new ways to survive. And so he interviews the people and gets involved with their activities and then he does a stand-up comedy show for them. And it's all part of like a 22-minute show. And it's got, there are four years of this, uh, something like 15, 13 episodes per season, four years mm-hmm. on Amazon. It's called Still Standing. All right. And it's glorious because of the photography and the comedy of Johnny Harris and mm-hmm. the heartwarming stories of people who are struggling to keep their town together, sometimes surviving from floods or fires or economic downturns and the things that they do and the lives they live. And uh, he, he helps the people laugh at their difficulties and see themselves in a new light. And uh, they really enjoy his stand-up show at the end that celebrates their life in their town. So I highly recommend it. It's so good 
that it bears going through a second time, which is what my wife and I are doing. We, we did it in May. We watched all four mm -hmm. years, and then we went back. And we, we can't get the fifth season because it's being held back in Canada. Oh, okay. So we, since we couldn't get the fifth season, there's no way to even subscribe to it as far as I know, unless you're in Canada. Uh, we decided okay. to, in August, we decided to start watching them again, and they stand up. Because you don't remember every little joke and every little occurrence and every little interview and every little funny story. Sure. And so uh, we're going through it a second time. It's so good. Still standing. Amazon. That's awesome. That sounds great. All right. Your turn. I have talked enough. <laughs> uh, so I, I want to point out uh, real quick a movie. Uh, and this is because uh, it just came out. Everyone can watch it. Um, and it's one of my mostest favoritest uh, film franchises, I guess I would say, uh, because this is the third one in the series. And this would be Bill and Ted Face the Music or Bill and Ted 3, if you prefer. Um, I am a huge, huge, huge fan of the first film. For people who don't know, uh, over at Daily Observations, I end the show every day with be excellent to each other. And that comes straight from Bill and Ted. I think it's good advice. I am also very, uh, uh, as you've heard, a very, very big fan of that movie. Uh, I, I enjoy the second one uh, for what it tried to do, but I don't feel like it executed as well as it should have. Um, I don't think it's the disaster area a lot of people do, but I think it's also just because uh, the characters of Bill and Ted and how they're played by Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves go pretty far uh, in forgiving some of the creakier plot points. Um, so Bill and Ted 3... Uh, the other th one of the things I really like about it is that it absolutely recognizes that it's been a really long time since the first two, specifically since the first one, uh, because in the first film, uh, they are time traveling. And this film came out in like 1989. So I'm obviously not spoiling anything, but uh, they are told they, they end up accidentally time traveling into the future. And in the future, they are told that uh, Preston and Logan write the ultimate song that all of society is based on. And that song brings the world into universal harmony. And so uh, this movie is about them now in like, I guess 2019, because like there's no pandemic in the movie. Uh, so it, it comes to like present day, right? 2019. And uh, they are middle-aged dudes. And they're like, we still haven't written this song and we don't know what, like, how does this work right like we don't know what to do you know and it's starting to stress them out and and so it's about uh the two of them and they are then visited uh by someone from the future who tries to help put them on the course to in fact write the perfect song and so that everything comes together and uh you get a little bit of the future where Holland Taylor is the great leader, which uh, I enjoy very much. And there's a lot of like little nods to the other one, to the, the first couple of movies. There's some cameo appearances by some people that are really fun. And it's a really nice way to spend a couple of hours, not in 2020. And so uh, for me, it was a really good time. And again, like this is not the paragon of filmmaking. This is not the paragon of storytelling, but uh, it was fun and it was kind and it was really enjoyable. And I think that there's like a really big heart beating at the center of this film and that I enjoy it very, very much. So 
if you get a chance, you can go watch it and on on demand or streaming. Uh, I counted up, and there's literally 20 services you can choose from to access this movie wow. in the comfort of your home. Right, cool. So, yeah. So there's a lot, and I and and I liked it a lot. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, Mr. Kelly, not so much, uh, but he was never super into the first one. And for people who've heard me on this show before, you know that I'm a sucker for a time traveling phone booth. So uh, obviously this was a movie I was, <laughs> I was already going to have a soft spot for. Question. Can you watch three without having seen one and two? I mean, uh, reasonably well. Uh, without two, you can. Uh, probably not without one. Because this is all predicated on stuff that happens in the first movie. Okay. So you can enjoy it, um, but it makes a lot more sense if you see the first one. And I would recommend the first one anyway, because it's fun. There's history. There's uh, impossibly young Keanu Reeves. Uh, there's a lot to like in that movie. Um, and like like this one, there's a lot of charm. There's a lot of heart in it. And uh, it's one of those things where everybody really likes it. Everybody who really likes it, what they're responding to isn't necessarily, again, like, you know, the amazing advancements in special effects or the amazing creative way they told this story or anything like that. What they're responding to is that everyone making this movie really loves it. And you can tell. So excellent. Excellent. Well, you got would, me excited about it. Now. I would. I it's would recommend watching the first one because it's fun. It is it is a fun movie to watch as they sort of figure out the rules and how to time travel and do everything that they can do. Um, so, yeah, I enjoy it very much, and you should check it out. Well, you got me turned on, so I'll have to check it out. <laughs> All right, I want to move on. I want to move on quickly. Okay. You know, sort of insert a uh, parenthetical comment here. A few episodes ago with you, you talked yes. about Billions with starring Paul I Giamatti did. on Showtime. I get Showtime uh -huh. now by virtue of the CBS All Access Showtime bundle. If yep. you're an Apple TV Plus subscriber. So I was eagerly anticipating watching Billions on Showtime. And it fell flat with me. The first episode really turned me off. I know you mm -hmm. love it. And I know it takes some time mm -hmm. to get used to. But it's um, wealthy people trying to take each other down. And it's a kind of a downer TV show series. And I didn't really like it. And I didn't even make it through the first episode of Billions. As much as I love Paul <laughs> Giamatti, I just yep. couldn't take the uh, evilness of the characters and the, and the depression and the fighting and the clawing mm -hmm. and the, uh, the bitterness. And it just, uh, I just a lot. Couldn't, couldn't take it. And I'm not trying to convince you that you should... You know, subject yourself to more but what i can tell you is that that first episode isn't while it does set up some of the things that are happening it's not representative of the rest of it it supports oh, so it's supposed to sort of be your entry there's still a lot of um well, this rich, this, they failed. <laughs> yeah well yeah like this rich sob is after that rich sob and that rich sob just wants to get back at this rich sob yeah. like that's basically the show. So if that part is the flavor that you're bouncing off of, then by all means, skip it and move on. There's much of, much better stuff that you can watch that will be fun um, or interesting yeah, or so uh, maybe a better use of you know those those hours. So um, right. I enjoy it because there's a lot of long game that happens, and so watching 
the middle of season three and having somebody go, you know, that was payback for that thing you did to me three years ago that I remember from like the second episode. That was kind of fun. But um, I like the long game piece of it. And so th- for me, it's it's a little more interesting because there's a little bit of like that rich SOB got his haha, you know, that kind of feels good at points. So uh, that part of it I enjoy. But if that's not the part that you like, then just go watch something else and that's fine and we can still be friends. We will watch something else. <laughs> What's next on your list? Next on my list is something that I'm going to recommend incompletely. And the reason for that is because uh, only three episodes are out as of recording. I think the fourth episode will be out of ten uh, by the time the show is released and it's called Lovecraft Country. And it's a horror drama, I guess. Um, and it was developed based on a novel called Lovecraft Country that was by a fellow named Matt Ruff. And um, basically, it it talks... The, the book is about some characters who live in... Uh, like, who live under Jim Crow laws. And so the, there's there's a whole lot of racism here. It's not great. Um, it's really uncomfortable to watch. I did not realize this was part of what I was signing up for when I got into it because I haven't read the book. Um, but watching it, it's like the 50s, I think. Um, and uh, the the main character, his name is Tick, uh, Atticus Freeman, they call him Tick. Um, he gets a letter from his father that uh he this says something about like leaving and uh you should come with me to massachusetts and discover your birthright he gets this weird letter from his dad him and his dad don't get on and so uh, he takes his uncle and tries to and and sets out to go find out what the deal is with his dad and uh they like there's uh, a, a very tense moment around a sundown law. Um, there's, and I'm not going to elaborate. If you know what they are, then then great. But if you don't, I don't suggest googling it. You can find out by watching the show. Um, then and then, basically, what happens is in this particular part of the country, we discover that uh, the the creatures that Lovecraft was writing about are 100% real. All these crazy things are actual things and it's just that in certain circumstances it's only it takes certain circumstances for you to be able to see them kind of like we were talking about with warrior nun and so it's gotten really interesting like i said i've only watched three episodes um parts i'm i'm not gonna lie parts of it are uncomfortable because i'm a white person and uh some of and so like there are pieces of it that are not great but uh, I have ended up really charmed by the main characters. Uh, Letty Lewis, who is super fantastic in this show. Uh, she's played by Journey Smollett. She's super duper great. Uh, Atticus Freeman is played by Jonathan Majors, who's, who's really awesome. Uh, they do like, there's the cat. Everybody that I've seen so far in the show has been beautifully cast. Everyone's great. Um, the people who are evil are like perfectly evil. You know, you, you hate them immediately. (laughs) Like you're supposed to, they all do a really good job. Um, 
So yeah, it's it's not your warm fuzzy. And even though there's only three episodes, I wouldn't binge it. Um, you need a, a unicorn chaser in between these, I would say. Uh, but it's it's still I'm still gonna call it worth watching, and I really enjoy watching it because I want to get to the bottom of what's happening. There's some mystery. There's some very curious people that we want to find out more about. Um, and like I said, I haven't read the books, so I don't know what I'm in for. Uh, but, uh, one th- the two of the people who helped, who are listed as executive producers on the show are Jordan Peele and JJ Abrams. So it's going to be really interesting. Even if I get really mad at the ending, which JJ Abrams has done to me before, uh, I'm still really going, I think I'm really going to enjoy the journey because Jordan Peele is involved. Um, it's going to continue airing their 10 episodes. I think it comes out on Thursdays. Uh, and the last one will be the middle of October. Where do we get uh, Episode it? 10. Uh, this is streaming on HBO. It's from HBO. So you can watch it on HBO or if you have HBO Max, I guess everything's on HBO Max now. Um, or like we call it at my house, uh, purple HBO. Um, you can watch it on HBO and, and check it out there. So, so far I've really enjoyed it. So yeah, like I said, it's hard. It's not the easiest thing to watch but I'm definitely interested and I'm curious and I absolutely want to know how things turn out. All right. So well, we have time for one more one. show. Okay. Have you seen upload on Amazon prime video? I have not. Tell me more. It's the years 2030. It's science fiction. It's the year 2033 and humans are able to upload themselves into a virtual afterlife. So this young man is in an autonomous car in 2033 and it crashes. And there's I'm some shocked. suspicion later on that he's murdered. But anyway, he ends up in the hospital and he's got a rather rich, beautiful girlfriend. And he has a choice. He can either have his consciousness extracted and moved into this digital Apple afterlife in a supercomputer, or he gets to live out um, a sort of a heavenly afterlife, or he can choose to die and take his chances. So he chooses the digital afterlife. And it looks at first like it's going to be very cool and then there Uh are some major annoyances and problems and issues (laughs) and the the concept is cool the problem in my mind is the execution it's kind of infantile it's i think it's done for teenagers or younger it doesn't have a sort of a technical sensible maturity about it it's kind of giddy and stupid in some places (laughs) And I was expecting something, you know, more adult and more fun and more appealing. And uh, we gave up on it after three episodes. Oh, okay. So, but if you're interested in seeing series Mm -hmm. about being able to upload your consciousness into a computer and live a glorious afterlife, you (laughs) might want to check it out and see if it appeals to you. Okay. All right. Interesting. So I do not give it my recommendation. But if you're curious, you can check it out. But otherwise, thumbs down. Yeah. And I'm just going to point out, since uh, we're recording this on the 3rd of September, that a new James Bond trailer dropped this morning. And I'm very excited about that movie. I don't think I'm going to get to see it in a theater. But they did at least have the sense to move it from April to November. And the reason that they had that sense is because my birthday is in November. And I like to go to James Bond movies on my birthday. So moving it is as it should be. As it should be. Yes. So they finally made the correct decision. 
and delayed it till November because it was supposed to be released in April. Uh, and so a new trailer came out today and I'm even more excited about this movie than I was before because I really like, I, I enjoy all James Bond movies to a certain degree. Uh, there are some of them I really, really like. And, uh, Daniel Craig is my favorite James Bond. So I've really enjoyed his movies the most. I feel like they're the most stylish and he has the most dimension as James Bond. So he's fun to watch. He's and, number two um, for me, but, uh, Sean Connery is still my number from number one favorite. Oh, sure. My so least favorite I, was um, Roger Moore. I'm excited. Roger Moore was kind of got caught up in some silly episodes where comedy uh, yeah. thrived. And, and, but still, he's a pretty good actor and a pretty cool guy. He's not with us anymore, yeah. Roger Moore. But he, he did a good job. It's just that the, the writing of those Roger Moore, James Bond movies was a little on the silly side. And it then was. we got back to the more serious stuff with Daniel Craig. Yeah, and he it's it's very dark and very interesting and a lot of fun. And uh, this looks like everything that I want out of a James Bond movie. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing it in November, which is correct. Well, we'll have to talk about it in November when the show airs. We will. Yes. <laughs> and for now, we're going to have to call it a show. Folks, right. you've been listening to. Thanks for joining me, Kelly. It's been great. It's been my pleasure. Folks, you've been listening to John Marchalero and Kelly Kaman from the Mac Observer talk about their favorite and sometimes not so favorite TV shows and movies. We'll see you again next week.